if you were here the last time I was on this stage preaching, there were four things I tell you that will affect your life that you ought to pay attention to. I don't know if you remember them, but the first one was your relationship with God. Your God view affects your worldview. Y'all remember that? The second thing was your, well, I'm going to skip to the third because I'm actually going to be speaking on the second. The third thing was your health. And my brother's testimony is a classic example of that because if you're not here, life is not existing anymore, right? So you got to take care of your health. And one of the things that the pandemic has done is caused us to be so focused on corona that we forget um, uh, 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 to eat right and to exercise. Come on, somebody. People have, somebody called me last night in the middle of the, the, the day, and I, I didn't, I missed their call, so I called them back real late. And I called them back real late. I said, hey, what's up? I missed your call. Is everything okay? They said, I just want to know what you did. I said, what you talking about? I said, you look skinny. <laughs> so what would you do? I guess they were expecting a, a, a crazy answer. I said, I just dieted and exercised, something I should have been doing all my life. And so, you know, I, I made a conscious decision um, to take care of myself because I want to be here for my family. I want to see my grandchildren. No rush, though. No rush. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to be here to enjoy the events that my father wasn't here to enjoy. My father died at 47 years old of a heart attack, massive heart attack, um, similar to most men are like that. You know, you, you can't breathe and your wife asks you, how you doing? We're like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And I'm sure that's probably what he was doing. Amen. My father was like that, you know. And, um, and uh, a matter of moments could have probably saved his life. But uh, you got to take care of yourself. And so I'm in, in, in that age bracket. And so I've made a decision not to discover if I'm going to be like my father. <laughs> but the thing about him is that he never, he met one of his daughter-in-laws. He didn't know at the time she was going to be one of his daughter-in-laws, because she wasn't married to my brothers yet, never met any grandkid, never met these wonderful children. They only know them through the video that I show, right? And so I don't want to be that guy. I want to be around, because I know what it's like when a parent who is a sole provider has left the family. So your health matters, amen? I didn't want to stay too long there. The, the, the fourth thing, and I'm going to come back to the second one, was your money. We talked about that extensively. If you missed the sermon on money, go back. And one of the main things I said is debt is living in the past while saving is securing your future. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. Amen. Come on, somebody. There are communities that understand it very well and they prosper generations after generations. Wealth stays in the family for generations and generations. I would love to be able to say I started off with a loan of a million dollars. Amen. That's my guy. That's my guy. Amen. But, um, you know, I, that, that I, I want my kids to at least be able to say, Daddy left me something. And we laugh at that and we, 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 we mock that. But there's, there's something in there that we missed. That somebody planned their life to be able to say, if you need a loan, I got you. You don't got to go to a bank and pay interest. Comes from the family. See, we were taught to laugh at that and say, oh, look how good you are. It's because you're good that you have prospered. If I was good, I would prosper too. Well, why don't you change it? Ain't nobody going to say nothing to me. Ain't nobody. All right. Amen. But 
your, your, your finances determine the quality of life. It determines if you're going to be able to fund the things you dream. It determines a lot. We know that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But you also know that, you know, money is a necessity. It answers all things the Bible says, right? Uh, so if you want to hear more on that, make sure y'all go check out the sermon from about three, four weeks ago. The second thing that I had mentioned in the, amongst those four things was your relationship with people. And we talked about two relationships, the ones you're born in. That's your mother, father, brother, aunts, you know, the people you, you, you love. Why'd y'all laugh at that? Y'all love them, right? Come on. Hallelujah. How many of you got a cousin you love? Hallelujah. The uncle who don't owe you money. Hallelujah. If they sitting next to you right now, just take a moment and say, give me back my money, man, so I could live right with the Lord. I'm trying to listen to the preacher, but this bitterness for that $20 won't go away. <laughs> now, we love our families. Amen. Where the amens there? We love our families, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody's like the family of God. God gave me a whole new family. I love them. <laughs> Those are the people that you were born into. You don't have a choice, but then they're the people that you choose. And so if you think your family is bad, and I hope you don't, I hope you love your family. How about the people that you've chosen to let in your life? Did you do a better job? Or you let a bunch of people who's ruining your life in your life. I, uh, and that goes to business choices, those that you choose to align yourself with in doing business. It will affect you. Their character, their integrity, everything about them will affect your business. Amen. Those you choose to call friends. The other day, my friend LaVarcia put up a meme that made me pass out when I saw it. He had a married couple, when the pastor said, kiss the bride, they're kissing and smiling. And the, the, the maid of honor was looking over angry. And he circled the maid of honor and said, this is the woman she's going to take advice from. <laughs> Can't say amen, say ouch. The people you choose to call and get advice from matters. Oh, say something to me in the church today. The people who you call friends. I don't use that word loosely. You know, there's some people, that's my friend. That's my, they don't know you. They don't care about you. Oh, majority of our relationship is based on what you can do for me and what I can do for you. Other than that, I ain't, we don't call one another. Nobody calls and just, hey, just, you answer the phone, this is what you do. What's up, man? Yeah, everything good. What's up? That's indicating what do you want. And it would shock you if the person said, none, man, I just, you're my friend. Bro, you all right? That would shock you if people did that. But the reality is you have very few of those. Come on, somebody. And when you have them, cherish them. Friendship. You know, the Bible says... You know, there's a verse in the Bible, and I don't mean to mess you up. It, you can't, the scripture does imply this, but we always quote it this way. We say, the Bible says Jesus is a friend that stays closer than a brother. It doesn't say that, you know. 
the verse concludes that, and that's how we got that. It, it really is found in the book of Proverbs, and it, and it says, uh, uh, it talks about, you know, how can you find a friend in the world that, you know, is so crazy? But then it says, but then there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. And we conclude, because when you search the world, there is no friend like Jesus. And he is that friend that is closer than a brother. But what the Proverbs is talking about is, is the fact that it's hard to find friends. It's hard to find people who care about you. I mean, care about you to the extent that even if you differ in politics, they're still going to be your friend. You know how many people unfriended people just because they posted a politician you didn't like? If you wonder why you don't see certain people on your timeline no more, they blocked you. They blocked you. They, they, they blocked you. Because you didn't, you didn't wave the banner they thought you ought to wave. So if my friendship was based on me having to line up and check all your box, then you were, you were never my friend. Because if you're looking for perfection from me, let me help you. I failed already. Not me personally, but you guys are going to fail one another. I'm the greatest thing that God ever made, man. I'm the goat. Amen. I ain't no goat. Amen. God, stop saying that. The word guy, everybody calling each other goats. Y'all ever stop and listen to these words? Be like, yo, you the goat. Stop. I'm not a goat, bro. I'm a human being, bro. Goat is something you find at Golden Cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Would they be anyplace else? They grow on trees, right? They pick goat and cook it, right? I hope I have an online audience. Right now, it's two people watching. People like, who is this man? Click. Hey, the two of you, please subscribe. I just need two more followers to get to three. Amen. <laughs> And then I'm popping. <laughs> Amen. But what I want to talk today about is not the relationships that the friends won. I want to talk about what the world is going to be focusing on tomorrow. Well, actually, inflation destroyed it. Yes. There is no more Valentine. Inflation and the, the, the supply change this destroy Valentine. You run into the store, let me buy a heart. They'd be like, bro, you got to go home and cut that. You got this the year. If you ever wonder why they made you made all them cards in kindergarten, it's because they saw inflation coming in 2022. Amen. They saw. The thing about the word relationship, and one of the things I love about words is that sometimes when I look at words, I can see the definition sticking out in the word. So if you, if you put the word relationship, you get two words in there, relate and ship. The thing about that is being a somebody who loves the water and loves to get on boats is that I know that if me and you get on a boat together, <laughs> we better agree on a lot of things. <laughs> Because there's no pulling over and letting you off once we in the... <laughs> I took my sister uh, uh, sailing with me over the summer and her kids. 
first time boulder, I just, yeah, Savannah's laughing and she's watching and my mother's going to hear this story and never come on the boat again. Mom, turn the camera off right now. So I took a sailing and um, first time boulder, the water was low. I, I, I had not experienced how low the tide can get because so every time I went out, it was great. And uh, thank God I was sailing slow because sometimes I have a need for speed on the water. And we hit what is called the ground, which means your boat is now touching the bottom. And if you don't understand that, if th th that can be bad if you crack the bottom of your boat. If you're going fast and you shot the engine out or you crack the bottom and it's now being filled up of water, you don't want water filling up your boat. That's a no good thing, right? This story was not part of the message, but we're going somewhere. But if you kind of pulled into close to shore and you ran aground, you, you, you can practically probably step out and walk, right? But as a first time on the boat, we weren't aware of that and the water was, everybody thought they were dying. Everybody like, you can swim, you can swim. Sherry had already, she swam home. <laughs> Sherry said, this joker gonna kill me, I ain't. But while it was shaking and everything, here's my point. Everybody looked around like, what to do? The answer was, we better come in agreement what we're going to do because if we disagree, ain't nobody could really leave. <laughs> we in this boat together. And how we relate on this boat is going to determine if we can get out. If we fight, that might bring disaster. And so when you look at the word relationship, it really is it's telling you it's the way we relate on this journey that we're choosing to get on together. And so the title of my sermon today is, right? If you're married, you're going to be blessed today. If you're single, you're going to be blessed today. If you don't know what you are... Um, we got new believers class for you, uh, but somebody pray for me, but you're going to be blessed today. The title of my message is before we get on this cruise together, because I mean, you know, relationships ain't nothing but a cruise, a carnival cruise, a Norwegian cruise. Amen. The way in which you relate to people or are connected to people, that's the definition of relationship or the state of being connected. Two words, like I said, stick out. Relate and ship together, how we relate on this journey together. We're choosing together. In the book of Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says this, and God was talking to Israel in context here. But I think this verse is one of those verses in the Bible that you can take out of the context and they apply to so many other situations. Israel at the time was sinning against God, wasn't following God's law. God says, basically, when, if you're going to walk away and not do what I say, you can't have what I give. Many people want God's blessing, but they don't want to live God's way. How many you know God's living God's way is more important than what God gives? And if you want to secure what God gives, God don't travel in your direction. 
If you're going to get what God has for you, you got to travel in God's direction. And so Israel was sinning and, and was looking out at the world and following whatever the world was doing. And, and, and then God says this in the book of Amos chapter 3, verse 3. He asked them a series of questions here, but one of them sticks out and it says, Can two walk together lest they agree to do so? Two can walk, but in order for them to be together, they have to agree. Right. And so so when you get on a journey with someone in your life together, when you get on a spouse and you decide to walk together, there needs to be a level of working together, because the way you relate on this journey with each other, the way you relate on the ship, it, it, it determines three things. And here's the first one. It will determine where the ship is going. You can tell a family's going nowhere if the couple at the top is always fighting. If the marriage is always bad, that family ain't really going nowhere. But if the, if the two at the top agree, they can then steer their marriage to prosperity and to great things. Amen. They can come together and decide on a destination of why do you think God brought us together, right? Here's the second thing. When you are with somebody... It will determine when you relate, how you relate to them will determine what kind of vessel it is, what kind of ship you're creating. You can get married and create a toxic environment. Amen, somebody. The way we relate to each other can determine the level of toxicity we put into our children. Me and you getting along is, is not just for my mental sanity. It's beyond you. If you've got kids in a home, it goes beyond you. You need to figure out how to get with it. That's why marriage is not just, oh, butterflies. This person, oh, they look so good. Oh, I saw the call of God on their life. You better see a call of God on yours. Stop seeing what God called everybody to. He ain't call you to them. You understand what I'm saying? It's more than a feeling. It's, it's a commitment. Love is not a feeling, y'all. God is love. Love is not, love has nothing to do with how you feel. Come on, somebody. Love has, because let me tell you, all them feelings will change. The same person you that gave you butterflies will give you rattlesnakes. Heart burning in the. You come on one day. Why you got all that Pepto Bismol? You. I got nothing to do with feelings. You're marrying a human being. That means you're marrying imperfection. You're marrying brokenness. You just got to do your, your your job to examine how broke. Goodness, are you? <laughs> Amen, somebody. And you with somebody can create a toxic environment. Then that affects the kids. So two things there. It will determine the destination of the ship. It will determine the climate of the ship. And finally, it can shape the views of others of what that ship is like. Kids grow up and they see damaged homes and they say, I never want to get married. We got a bunch of men in this world that would live with a woman 
get four kids with a woman, and then say, I wanna get married, it's gonna mess things up. Bro, bro, brother, brother. Why do you think that? Because I've seen it. I see when people get married, what happens? They have a bad view of marriage because a good one is never displayed to them. And then we've allowed politics to, to determine what marriage is now. The marriage no longer has a meaning anymore. Just like when you say Jordan is the greatest of all times, it has no meaning anymore because we use that word goat so much. Everybody's greatest of all times. The truth is, right? And so marriage in society today has no meaning. Like values like wait until you're married to be intimate with somebody is that is not present in society at all. At all. That's not even something, you know, we, we, we talk about a lot enough anymore. But the truth is, you want to avoid a lot of pain and stress? Do it God's way. And all these new age philosophy and churchonomics, people be coming to me and be like, Pastor, you know, technically, if you just get intimate with a woman, y'all really, y'all like, y'all married already. Oh, no, bro. No, you're not. You just fornicated. That's what the Bible calls that. Not, no, but I love her. I'm going to be with her forever. Then you should have waited if she was worth it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Come on, somebody. I know this ain't the popular thing. But uh, it will determine what others view marriage is like. Your marriage is not just only for you. Imagine I walk up in there and I tell you, guys, listen, I got some news for you. After 22 years, me and Sherry, we go on our separate ways. We have irreconcilable differences. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? We don't see eye to eye. Well, fix your eye, bro. <laughs> no, we just argue about everything. And you think you're not with the next person? I just want somebody new to argue with. <laughs> what are you doing? It's the only time the equation is two becomes one. It's the only course they give you the degree first and then tell you take the course. You usually get a degree at the end of taking a course because you have proven you graduated and this proves you have done the job. But they give, it, give you the marriage first and then tell you take the course because they're telling you don't never quit the job. You're worthy of this paper because you're making a commitment first. So no matter if you married them with a six-pack and 10 years later it was just a keg, that's your keg, girl. If she was a Coca-Cola old-school bottle and she now a new-school... I'm going to come out of there before... I'm down a half of you. There's a half a man watching me right now. <laughs> Y'all with me still? The power of agreement. That's not a light scripture to take. It's very important 
that before you examine who you let in your life, that you know there's agreement on the essentials of life. Certain things that I tell married people or people who want to get married is, let me go there, amen. Let me say this. Because somebody else's marriage failed doesn't mean yours is going to. How many of you ever seen a car accident? Did you pull over and run out your car immediately and be like, no, they got into an accident. I will never drive again. Especially if you own a Tesla. If you're driving your Tesla on the Belt Parkway, you're like, oh, snap, he turned over and all of that, and ambulance all around. You don't pull over like, Shh, I'll keep that Tesla. They failed at driving. I'll never drive again. You don't do that. And if you know you got something worth more than a Tesla at home and you see other, it, it don't, you ain't leaving that. Come on, somebody. Not because somebody else failed means you will. Come on, somebody. Not because everybody else has fallen apart means you will. And if you came from one that fell apart, it don't mean the next one. I know that type of... Let me come out of there because the theologians are going to get me. I'll be like, next one, tell them go back. Y'all argue that online amongst yourselves. If I told you this, y'all. If I told you there was one decision that you can make that will affect your health. That will affect your, not just physical health, but your mental and emotional health. This one decision is going to affect your pockets. Come on. It will affect the quality of life you have. It will affect your intimacy forever. It will affect your stress level tremendously. It will affect the decision. That one decision will affect where you choose to live. It will affect where you live for the rest of your life. It will affect how your children will turn out. It will affect your self-esteem. It will affect your worldview. It will affect your happiness. It can not only affect you, but it will have a lasting impact on the generation to come. And not only on the generation, it will affect society. It will cause the world to become a certain way. This one decision will determine what type of world we have tomorrow. You would say to me, that's a crazy decision. Well, that decision is who you marry. Who you marry affects every one of those things. Marriage is the first thing God made. Before he made a government, he made a family. When the family, this is why the enemy, you see, and I, I'm not getting political here at all, right? But I'm just, I just got to preach the word of God. When policies goes against the word of God, we in trouble. And when the basic foundations of the things that God says, this is what I've commanded, are being changed, we're in trouble. Our kids are going to school one way and coming home another way. You're buying them a phone because you live in busy New York City and you want to check them when they come out of school to make sure they get home safe. But between those 15 minutes of them traveling home, they got 24, 23, and 45 minutes of the day left to roam TikTok. And on TikTok, they hear it all. 
And these philosophies that invade go directly against the word of God. So the family unit is being attacked politically. The family unit is being attacked socially. It's being attacked by celebrities. It's being attacked that you can't, like people can't even come out and say, I am a happy woman. Woman? What is woman? What do you mean by that? There's no more women's sports. I'm telling you, I'm going to get kicked off the internet before this is done. But I got a social media coming out next week called churchcityusa.com. Log on. Amen. Um, sports is thwarted now. There's a lot of dudes who dreamed of being in the NBA. You, you, you can still possibly play. You... you don't say it. Tell, tell your dad, don't save your dad. <laughs> if I switched up, I could get picked up in the name of Jesus. Don't ever pray. <laughs> Y'all understand? Here's my point. Before God made anything, he made a family. Why? Because strong marriage, strong men, strong women make strong marriages. Strong men were men who had a relationship with God. Strong women were women who didn't meet the man first. He was sleeping. She met God first. She was a whole woman. He was a whole man. They were whole foods. I can't help myself with this stuff, y'all. They were whole people. They didn't complete each other. They were completed first. They were completed first. You, you, Sherry, you complete me. No, you don't. I'm completed in God. Come on, somebody. And together, strong people make strong marriages. Strong marriages make strong families. Strong families produce strong children. Strong children make strong systems. Strong systems make strong communities. Strong communities make strong cities. Strong cities make strong nations. Strong nations make a strong world. So if you want to know why the world is breaking and falling apart and you got this blockade going on and this war happening over there and this and this and this and this, ask yourself one question. Where is God in all of this? You can trace it back to what's happening in the home. Let me tell you, parents, parent, parent. Parent. Somewhere in the 90s going into 2000s, these talk shows convinced parents that you got to be a friend. You got it. Your children must like you. And so you go into the room. Hey, Johnny, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Johnny, there's some things that you saw and that you're looking at. I just, the teacher told me, you know. Mom, I'm not right now. Keep Johnny. I don't want to upset him. I did. Johnny's upset. <laughs> Let me go buy him an Xbox. Johnny, I bought you an Xbox. What are you doing? Let me introduce y'all to Mr. and Mrs. Ishmael. 
Richard, you see that stupidness you teacher called me and said today, if that ever happen again, you take all them clues. You want to be a man, you find your own house. What you mean, mom, find my own? Oh, you don't know, come. Let me demonstrate. Step out the door. It's 12 o'clock, mom. Oh. You're ready to change? Yes, mom, and your straight is. Come back in. Parent. My mother and father wasn't concerned about being a friend. They were concerned about character. Me being a friend to them is, wasn't going to keep me later on. Character was going to keep me. And so they did whatever they knew. Sometimes sometime they went overboard. Sometimes they went overboard. You did a little too much. But, but what they did was enough to make sure that I was a person who had values and principles that kept me. So when I got married, I saw what a marriage was in them and I stayed because it's tough being married to Sherry. Y'all hear me? Hey, listen, y'all. Single people, make some noise. I'm going to help all two of you. The rest of you. The desire for marriage is not carnality. It's not fleshly. It's not a governmental idea. It's not a cultural idea. It's something created by God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible said it is not good for man to be alone. And I often have to explain that because if God made man and man was complete, why would man feel alone? The problem is, is that you mistake the word alone for lonely. It's not the same word. You can be in a room full of people and feel lonely. But alone means you can't be in a room full of people and be alone. Dog, I'm alone. No, you're not, dog. We all here. I'm alone. No, you're saying you feel lonely, but you're not alone. That's why when you talk to people, people say, I feel alone. Help me. You're like, I'm right here with you. They're not trying to tell you they feel alone. What they're saying is I feel a sense of loneliness. God never said because the man was lonely. He said he was all one. Break the word down, right? not good for man to be all one because God know if I'm going to make a family he can't be all one I need two and so God found him a suitable help for him and we 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 remix that as men in all way oh yeah God made a cook that's a life skill Chef Ramsey ain't a woman. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's true. So, so what is this job that she was supposed to do? Well, you get it after he's finished. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Family. 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 Man, God gave me a suitable helper to help me in my rap career. You better get a job. Y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Marriage is God's idea for the purpose of making strong families. 
There are different types of, of married people, right? If you're in this room, you might be like Isaac. Isaac took, not Isaac, Altar. <laughs> Isaac, Abraham's son. He took forever to get married to the point where the father had to go find him a wife. Some people take a long time to get married. That's fine. You might be like Jacob. As soon as you see a woman, you're ready to work your heart out for her. Jacob worked for Rachel. He got ripped off. Father threw Leah in. He got an extra. He worked seven years and then had to work an extra. You might be somebody like Rachel. When you get married, be careful you're not in competition. She was the one that was loved, but always competing with the one who wasn't. Sometimes you can have everything and don't see it. Or you could be like Leah. You begin, sometimes you could get married and feel rejected by your own spouse. Imagine being Leah and that first night of marriage, the man is with you all night and never recognized who you were. Intimacy. As T.D. Jakes chopped that word up one time, into me, see. Amen. How to pick a spouse. Y'all ready, single people? I got y'all. If they don't know Jesus, now let me say this. <laughs> right? I think you got it back. If they don't know Jesus, um, you know, don't know them. <laughs> now, when I say that, you're like, oh, there goes them dogmatic Christians. I understand. The Bible talks and, and gives concession. If you've gotten saved and you were married before and the spouse might not be saved, the Bible says don't leave them if they're willing to stay with you. Some, you know, everything is a case-by-case -case basis. You might have ended up, but I'm talking about people who, like, you, you're not married and you're getting ready to choose now. Don't be like, well, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. He knows what I want. <laughs> look, look for people who love God. Well, pastor, I know people who love God and they end up in tragedy anyway. Well, that is very true. But from my experience, every time people came into my office to be counseled because their marriage was falling apart, one person at least was not seeking God. They had given up on God and given. When you find two consistent people that want to live by the standards of the Lord, I have never seen where that story goes wrong. Somehow the Holy Spirit does what it does in my, my marriage. When I get mad at Sherry, I don't know what it is. Holy Spirit, come, you're wrong. Go apologize. What? Go apologize. The other day, I flipped out on Sherry. She flipped out on me. She went in the car. I called her. We flipped out some more on the phone. We had intense fellowship. And as we were flipping out on each other, I put the phone down. She put, you don't put the phone down on one. That's how you know you're old. We clicked the button. 
You don't put the phone down no more. That's how you know you're old. Kids say, like, why did, why, why are my parents always putting the phone down? They could just hang up. She put the phone down. And I'm there typing. My sermon. Jesus. Share before you come in. I want to say, I want to say something to you too. What's that? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The Lord worked on you. He should have told me before I. He should have told me he was working on you. If I knew he was, go I was going to hold my work, he worked back. When you got people that are trying to live the word and trying to please God first before they please a spouse, that thing work. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. So it's very important. Try to find somebody to love Jesus, y'all. Do the best you can. Examine them. People who love Jesus come to church. People who love Jesus have a relationship with the church people. You know how many, you know how many young people, yo, you, you dating this person. They go to church. I think they go to church. What church they go to? I, you, they forgot the name of their church. Uh, uh, uh. How do you go to church and not know the name of your church? Oh, they was raised in church. Raised where? They, they know Jesus. So does Satan. Oh, Satan, yo. <laughs> anyway. Here's the second thing. You want to look for quality in the person. Y'all getting something today? I'm, I'm going to be quick. I'm, I'm going to be finished quick. This probably should have been a two-part thing. Look for the qualities in the person. Run a background check on them. I'm not kidding you. Google know more about your spouse than you. Google know. You pull up somebody sometimes, you might be like, yo, this dude did what? He never told me he went to jail for that. He got arrested for what? He got back taxes? Google them. Because this decision will affect your entire life. There's people in here that's mad that are dating now. They're like, Dag, I hope my girlfriend ain't watching this. She might Google me. Run a credit check. If credit is two, that's how long you ain't going to get a house. But pastor, God, you know, God will work things out. You're going to be 90 when he fixes it. Look for qualities in the people. See, when you know where you're going, you know what belongs on the road. You know, you, you know what to take with you on the journey. If I'm going to pick up Savannah from school, that's a 10-minute drive. I'm not going to pack a lunch. <laughs> Some of you might. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm, if I'm driving just to 
run down the block to pick up some salt because it's going to snow. I'm not going to go get a, 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 a sleeping bag. You understand what I'm saying? The journey determines what you let in. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to let anybody in. When you know where you're going, it, no, you can't come on this car. I said move from the car. Don't touch the door. You don't know how to move? Let me take this thing out from under the seat. It's a water gun. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke, guys. It's nothing. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife and obtains favor with the Lord. Do you know that same scripture is almost written exactly in Proverbs 8.35, but it says, he who finds wisdom. So it's consistent. It's almost like the Bible is saying in Proverbs, the whole beginning talks about the good wife and what she's like. And if you honor her and the second part of Proverbs goes into don't, don't follow the dishonorable woman, don't follow her bed, she leads to destruction. And then smack in the middle there is he who finds a wife. Notice it didn't say he who finds a woman. Because a wife is not just a woman. It's a woman with certain qualities. Being wisdom. Being understanding. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Being somebody who's connected. Wisdom. Well, if wisdom, what's the Bible say about wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all of the knowledge. All understanding, all wisdom comes from, some, from knowing God. So when you find a wife, now men love that. Because men love that I, she's got to be a wife with the qualities. She has to have the qualities that I'm looking for. Uh, I preached another message. Go look it up. It's not about finding the right partner. It's also about being the right partner. So answer that for me. So before, <laughs> tell them I'm calling them back. Tell them right now I'm preaching. <laughs> so before you run out there and talk about, I'm, I'm, I want somebody who is well built. And are you well built? <laughs> they got to be fine. Are you fine? Don't lie to yourself. Come on, somebody. They got to have money, do you? They credit score got to be eight. Is yours. Whatever you demand, make sure you bring. Because men walk around with this arrogance as though the woman who gets with me has to be worthy of me. And women let men get away with that stuff. When you turn king, brethren... Not married to Sherry. Sherry tell you quick in a heartbeat. Listen. Listen. Qualities. Number four, if you want to get married, take care of yourself. You know what Ruth mother-in-law said to her? When it was time to go meet, she said, listen, this man Boaz, he's there. He's rich. He got everything. He to me, he, he's... She, the mother-in-law said, come, come, Ruth. Come go bid. This in the Bible. 
fix you here and you put this thing on your face. Put this perfume on. Put all of this on. In other words, take care of yourself. Don't let yourself go in this life. We know you don't find your identity in that, but take care of yourself. Amen? Come on, somebody. And the last thing is pray. Pray. Here's a statement I got. Pray now and have fun later. Or have all the fun you want now and pray a lot later. Take your pick. And last, last thing, while you're on that journey to picking a spouse, stay pure. What does that mean, Pastor? It means exactly that. Don't have fun with all Mr. Wrong while you ain't no Mr. Right and Sister Wrong. Stay pure. Live according to the word of God. Amen, somebody. Listen, if you married in this building, I'm going to give you three and I'm gone. Your relationship and your marriage might be in trouble if your marriage does not have a purpose. Whenever something does not have a purpose, it will be abused easily. If for the first time I walked into this room and I've never seen a chair in my life, don't know what the purpose of it is, I might walk into the room and say, you know what? This thing is bouncy. Maybe if I stand on it, it was meant to, the way it is, is to propel me off. And I stand on it and I begin to bend the, the thing. In other words, my lack of a why it is, is causing me to abuse it. These two mics, they're both mics, but they both serve a different purpose. One is easily banged around. This one has got coils and different stuff in there. And if you don't know the purpose of this one, you might treat this one like this and this will be damaged. When something does not have a purpose, you abuse it. When you don't know why you even married, that's why it's chaotic. Because it's going nowhere. One of the things you want to immediately do is begin to ask God, why did you bring us together? It's got to be more than I was so good looking. The second thing why your relationship might be in trouble is, is that you think, you forget this. The relationship should always be more important than the issue. Pastor, you don't know this man. Pastor, you don't know my wife. What's the issue? I told them last night, take out the garbage. And everything is a fight. See, I raised like divorce, like, like the garbage is bigger than, Pastor, they come home late. You always tell me five minutes away is really 15. Here's the point. There are always going to be issues. But let love prevail. That way, when you do talk to each other, it's not who's wrong and right. When you fall into that, the issue is more important. When it's about who's right and wrong, it's 
This is so good. I'll go in home and fix my marriage. <laughs> when you arguing just to win the point, the issue is more important. I learned a long time ago, second week of marriage, shut your mouth. Try to understand before being understood. Because you will never ever meet common ground until you are seeing what they're feeling. Empathy is coming where you are. It's like that one parent and when you were young and they put you to eat vegetables, right? You're going like this. They put you to eat vegetable and then you sitting there, you like, mom, I do not want Brussels sprouts. And she's like, you know how many kids in the world are starving right now? And you like, now at five years old, you got to take on the weight of what nobody in the world was ever able to fix. You got to, at a five year age, take on starvation just to eat Brussels sprouts. Now that I got older, the kid don't want, that's, that's not empathy. That's manipulation. Empathy is, son, I know you five. I was five too. And I hated broccoli. I hated this stuff too. But you know what, son? Heart disease is in our family. No. <laughs> that's really what you want to say. No more chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's really what you want to say. But you come there with them and say, you know, son, in a simple way, like, you know, as you get older, the body can sometimes fail, and these things are energy food. And you don't have to eat all the day. Let's eat a little piece. Just do that for me. Empathy is coming where they are. And when you transfer that, when you learn that in your marriage relationship, like, hold on, man, don't beat the woman up. Let her talk. Chill, chill. But you see, some of y'all women, some of y'all, y'all just don't know. Stop, you know. Let me tell you something. Even when the man's chilling and he quiet, why you ain't saying nothing? <laughs> why that is, is because she's not having empathy either. She's not saying why you quiet from the perspective of, what, what's going on with you? She's saying it from, say something so I could beat you more. <laughs> Whenever you use words like, you don't, you are, you this, you this, you that. I understand that we have to use those, but be careful that they don't become words that you are just trying to make sure the person identify with their flaws. Because then you can make the person's identity their flaws. It's more so, Sherry, you know what? You do have a tendency to struggle with that, but I believe God has made you bigger than that. And you can overcome that. So while I'm identifying the flaw, I'm making sure your identity is intact in Christ. And the issue... Me, I, that's so good. Lastly, the number one, well, three things they say affect the marriage, but I think this one will solve the other two, communication. If you learn how to talk, look, Proverbs 17, 19, I'll let the Bible tell you best. And I'm done. I'll let y'all go. You didn't have church for a long time. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs 17, you got it? Whoever loves a 
I like John 3:16. There's other verses, guys. I like the verses on the Holy Spirit. I bet you don't like the one about the fruit of the Spirit. You like the one with tongues and prophecy and speaking a word and discernment and uh, if the fruit ain't present, it ain't the Spirit. Spirituality always has to become practical. Christians always hide behind Christianity because it's easy to spiritualize why we behave the way we behave. Cut that out. Jesus was the epitome of the spirit in a man practically living with his brothers and sisters. Do y'all see this? And the Bible says whoever loves a quarrel loves sin some of you gonna go home some of you wives gonna go home soon your husband gonna cry and say you love sin <laughs> you love sin if you do that just make sure you text me and say pastor tell he loves sin because here's what you do. Whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. So high gates, gates, were built up because they, they said there's something back here I'm trying to hide from you. And so what happens is when those who were looking for stuff came and broke the gates. Because that was the only way to get in. To the product and if the only way to get into your life is I got to destroy you some people will fight and 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 fight until one day one person gets up in a marriage and say enough divorce court oh no sorry oh let me go counseling let's do this do that do that so we had to destroy each other in order to now build by then it might be too late. By then you need a miracle from the Lord. I've talked enough, y'all. I think before you get on a cruise, you should make sure y'all agree on some things. And when they don't agree, you throw them off. You should let them ride in the water. Watch them sail away. Hope you can swim, buddy. I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Half person that's watching. It's a joke. Your marriage can work. If you're a single person, you can have a, 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 a future. You know, I was telling somebody, one of the things, Sevi came before the marriage. My son was born before the marriage, a, a whole year. And everybody around us said, y'all need to get married, you're shaming the gospel. I said, Dad, I know Jesus could feel ashamed and to think it was me who did it. I'm not big enough to shame Jesus. Get married, get married, get married. I said, but you don't even know if we like one another. 
I understand their heart. But I stopped and I made sure if we're going to do right by this kid, we got we to gotta see eye to eye. Because if we get married just for the sake of the kid, the boat might be toxic. And the Lord touched my heart. He touched her heart. And one day right in Flushing, Queens, New York, under that big globe, with nothing, just believing in the Lord and a desire to do good. I was a college student. My father had just died. I said to Sherry, I apologize for everything I've done for you, to you. I apologize because as a man of God, we should have never even been in this position. I apologize and I'm going to ask you to be with me, be my wife. And the thing about it is God had to start correcting me. He said, son, you might have rushed the process, but no life is a mistake because I didn't want my son to grow up thinking he was a mistake. That's another Christian term. No life is a mistake. So I stopped that. He was divinely destined to be here where he is on earth. Now, I might have rushed the process or I might have but God and his divine sovereignty had already do, do y'all see that and it's been 20 something years of marriage four wonderful kids really blessed because I made a decision a long time ago and she made a decision a long time ago that we're going to be whole people and make sure that our relationship is right with God every day. But what does that mean? Don't fall for this 2022 Christianity. It's more than opening a Bible app and you got your devotion that morning. Oh, I feel spiritual. I read my Bible today. What about you? I'm living mine today. How about you? You love quarrel. You love sin. I read my Bible. I'm spiritual. Did you go to church? No. Do you know anybody in the church? No. Do you have one friend in the church? No. I, I, I just know the pastor and your wife. Everybody knows us. Do you go to small groups? Do you go to Bible study? Do you, do you, are you connected to the body? Spirituality is not just reading a tweet about a scripture or hearing your favorite TikTok preacher for 15 seconds. The word of the Lord to you today is. He don't know you. You just like his word because it applied to the junk you in right now. But if God ever spoke to you for real, he'll tell you, son, you're going to dead if you don't change. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you read how God used to talk to Israel. God never said, oh, please. Oh, yeah. He said, oh, I'm done. God, I thank you because marriage is your design. And I just pray today, Father, that you would take this word in the midst of all that is happening in the world. We can still make a difference if some of us are so concerned about things that are so bigger than us and we should be we should be praying and voicing our opinions and talking about what really matters to us in society 
But where we can really make the biggest impact is how we treat our spouses and our children. And single people can make the biggest impact by looking at how they govern their life every day, knowing who you are, where you're taking them, and who they will allow on the cruise with them. Because in doing so, Father, we will produce what you destined since Genesis. For men to have dominion and produce families all over the world. Because you're a God of family. You're our Father. And we love you today, Father. Help us wherever we got it wrong to get it right. For those who might, God, Lord, have loved ones that are not saved, save our loved ones. Come on, somebody. Those that are coming from divorces and broken hearts, mend up all of those broken hearts. Those, God, Lord Jesus, that are maybe in a relationship, Father, before they came to you, give them grace. Save those that we are depending on you to save. Salvation doesn't come from us. All we can do is continue to live the good news. Those that are not married, may they really consider what they letting into their life and not be guided by emotions, but principles. Principles. Principles keep us. Emotions flip-flop. I thank you for who you are. If you're watching this broadcast or you're in this building, the first thing you want to do in getting everything right is to get to know Jesus. And if you ask Jesus into your heart, the Word of God says if you believe and confess with your mouth, then you shall be saved. There's much more to it than that. But that's your basic introduction and the Holy Spirit, I believe, will touch your heart. Would you pray with me today and ask the Lord to come into your life? And Church City, pray with me as I say this prayer. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me. God, cleanse me of all sins. I ask you to come into my heart. And Lord, from this day, I put my trust that what you did on the cross secures me for eternity. And I thank you for dying for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for you too in case relationships is not your issue today. If you're sick in body, I pray for healing. Pray that the Lord would touch you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. If you're depressed today, I pray that the Lord would give you grace to deal with whatever is the source of it, whether it's clinical or something stressing you out today. I pray that you would leave it at the altar. I pray today that the Lord would touch whatever issues you got going on. And today as a community, we pray for the world. From the north to the south, we see what's happening up in Canada. We see what's happening right here in America. We see what's happening, Father Lord, abroad. And all of these things, we don't know if we are constantly being manipulated by the media to 
have these outrage. We don't, we don't know, Father, but we just know that we need a revival. God, I pray for every leader. Whether we agree with them or not, your word didn't call us to that. It called us, Father, Lord Jesus, to pray for those that are in charge. You say when the righteous is in charge, the people rejoice. So wherever there is stronghold and demonic activities and wherever there is things that is not of you, we ask that you would remove it. We pray against wars. We pray against God, Lord, all of these things. We pray against this pandemic. We pray, God, for environments that your word would flourish word flourishes in persecution <laughs> but God I just ask you that peace would reign all we want on the ground level is peace give our leaders the wisdom on how to bring that to pass in Jesus name amen thank you all for coming to church city today come on put your hands together hey guys if you were blessed and you enjoyed this sermon if you are in the building and you haven't done it, make sure you subscribe to Church City's uh, podcast. Subscribe to our Facebook page. Remain seated. We're going to leave in a minute. Uh, uh, subscribe to our Facebook page. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Richie Righteous. Follow Pastor Rich on Instagram. Um, it, it, it's lit in there. You'll hear a lot of vacancy like every day. Um, follow me on Spotify and, uh, and, and, and Apple Music too as well. I got tons of music on there that'll bless you. I want to give you an opportunity to sow into our church. We're a Bible-believing church who believes in tithing. And um, so I just want to invite you at this time, would you just consider sowing into our church and giving to what we've got going on here? If you are really blessed by what we have, uh, those of you who can go above and beyond, I know things in society is rough and we never ever put a pressure on people. We just believe that if the Lord touches you and you feel led to give, that you would give. Um, those that want to give conventionally, you can do so in the house. The ushers are around. Um, you can make your checks payable to Church City or give whatever you want to give. If you love giving digitally, all the ways are on your screen. They're on your screen at home too. I want to encourage those that are watching, if you can sow. We're trying to buy a building and I believe the Lord is going to bless me with something that I just don't want to settle. I want what I know he's placed in my heart and I know what God is wanting to do through us. And I just pray that, you know, maybe you're out there and you got a building in New York. Send me the key. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, but please give. Give in any way you can to help us, help our vision. If this word has blessed you, you can't pay for the word, but you can sow into good ground. Amen. And I want to invite you to do so right now. Take the opportunity on your phones. Take the opportunity to the ushers online if you're doing so right now. And I'm going to pray while you're doing that. Father, bless everyone who is sowing into your house. And I thank you for Church City USA. And I thank you for the people that are giving and those who have a desire to give. Bless them with seed so that they may sow. And God, I pray that you would meet their needs in a time of inflation, in a time of hardship, in a time when prices are going through the roof. Continue to bless them and keep them even in the midst of all of this and provide for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys once again. Listen. 
Uh, please follow me on Spotify. Get the new song, Vacant Seat. It'll bless you. Amen. In the midst of crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. God bless your church city. Enjoy your week. In Jesus' name, go in grace. God bless you.